Hey everyone, welcome back to Delayed Effect. How y'all doing? Wow, I can really hear myself through the headphones. Um, turn monitor off. How do we do that? Maybe that button right there. No, that button right there. There we go. It's really weird when you hear an echo of your own voice over your own voice. That's really bizarre. I don't know if I like that. Let me try it again. And I hear an echo. I can hear like every little detail of my voice, including saliva, <laughs> like smacking against my lips from my tongue when I pronounce things like a V or a T -E or something of the sort. I don't know how loud this actually is, is the problem. Maybe I'll crank the gain up just a little bit. It's funny when I was doing like the mic check, I guess you could say. Um, <laughs> my, I just had like the gain pumped up all the way because I was just trying to see how much this microphone could pick up. And then these headphones got too close to the microphone and a very loud squeal came through the cans themselves and probably damaged a small portion of my hearing. Hopefully just those really, really, really high frequencies that I don't actually need. But I guess we'll never know now because I can't hear them, so I don't know if I need them anymore. So thanks for that feedback. You know, when I say I want feedback on this show, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh my God, why are you here? Why are you listening to this dribble? Seriously. <laughs> well... All questions aside, you are here, and I appreciate that. Um, if you haven't been here before, uh, yo, I'm Packy. This is my show. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm an aspiring audio engineer um, who actually really doesn't know the first thing about audio engineering, apparently. Um, <laughs> if you look, what, two episodes back, I featured my guitar, and lo and behold, I had the microphone on the amp facing the wrong way the whole time. <laughs> uh, what are you going to do? Huh? Live and learn. It's the best I can do. It's really how I cope with it. Otherwise, I'll probably just congeal into a puddle of anxiety and depression. And... <laughs> Nobody wants that. Um, speaking of the subject, I'm actually not plagued by either of those today. Matter of fact, pretty much this week. Well, Monday maybe a little, but not much. But after my therapy session on Tuesday, I've been not like on a... What's weird is like, I'll go to these therapy sessions and then afterward for like a day to two days max I'll just be on this kind of a high I'm like yeah I did the thing I'm so proud of myself I'm so happy right now and then 
as with any kind of an upper, be it pharmaceutical or organic, um, you crash. And then I come down off of it, and I'm just like, oh, that's right, this is where I am. <laughs> and it's it's not that I crash into like an all-time low or anything like that, but I do go a lot lower than that really high point that I was at. So, yeah. <laughs> it's not as fun below the high points as many people know. But, as, you know, I've always tried to maintain, without the lower parts, you can't appreciate the higher parts more. Maybe that's just another coping mechanism, but, yeah. What you gonna do with that? Um. God, every time I say um or like, I just cringe. <laughs> it's so strange. I saw this thing. I think it was on Reddit the other day. The, this guy was saying that if you are giving a speech or if you're telling a story or if you're doing anything that involves your voice broadcasting outwards where people are listening, if you go through the whole thing without saying um or like you can possibly appear smarter. And it's not that I want to appear smarter. I just don't like filler words like that. Unless they fit in the sentence, like just there and here. <laughs> but yeah, see right there, I wanted to say, um. <laughs> so weird. So very weird. But back to the therapy session I had this week. So I didn't go out of it at any kind of a high point. Matter of fact, I did not get that same upper kind of effect that I've gotten from previous sessions. But, <coughs> excuse me, but I did not, I don't know, It's it, it was a real heavy hitter of a session. Like, I, I learned something about myself that I didn't, I mean, I knew it was there, but I didn't know why it was there, and I didn't know how much it was affecting every aspect of my life. Matter of fact, it even relates to this podcast, because basically what I've learned is that in my childhood at some point, I found it reprehensible for me to try and achieve anything less than perfection. Not that I'm a perfectionist, per se, but I need to always do better I need to always be on my A game you know and if I'm not then I'm not living up to this ridiculous fucking gold standard that I set for myself so in in that vein I'm always kicking myself I'm always beating myself up because I'm not as good as I feel like I should be look at this podcast for example for the longest time, the reason I never did an episode is because I said, oh, well, I don't have any content. You know, there's there's not anything for me to talk about. And, whoa, 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 whoa. Sorry, I'm trying to mess with the gain a little bit and get a little bit more oomph in those wavelengths. Sorry if the volume just jumped up on you because you probably had it ridiculously high because you could not hear that. And sorry if it's too loud now, but you know what? Turn it down. 
it's easier to turn it down than it is to turn it up. Is that true? I don't know. But anyway. Uh, yes, this podcast. Yeah, I, I would not do an episode because I didn't think I would have content. Because I set a standard for myself that I always needed something to talk about. And if I didn't have anything to talk about, then I wasn't going to talk. And... My mother is calling right now. Ooh, let's answer it on the show. Oh, God. Hello? Hello? Hi. I'm a student. Are you getting that? Hello? Huh? Do you hear that kind of feedback? What's that? That squeal? Yeah, did you hear that? Oh, God, why do your brakes sound like that? They do that when I back up, remember? No. Yeah, I thought they've been doing that forever. Oh. I thought that was... No, I asked them. They started doing that when um, I had them done at Nolan's about a month after I had them done. And they told me it was probably just... It's just the brakes. They keep checking them, and they say they're fine. Why are you in your car at 9 o'clock at night? I just got done with school. Oh, that's right, yeah. I'm a student. You're a student. I'm a student. You're like that, uh... I got a quiz to take. I have homework. God, you know, it's like back when I was in community college. Yeah. I remember all these old people in my class, and now you're one of those old people. <laughs> I'm the only old people in the class. Are you? <laughs> That's pretty and cool. The instructor, she's the same age as me. <laughs> she looks like she she looks way young. Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she lives out. She lives on a llama farm. A lava farm? Llama farm. Oh, llama farm. Yeah, llama. Like like Emperor Cusco. To a, to a llama? To a llama. To a dolly llama. To a dolly. <laughs> um, no, the the reason I thought that might have been feedback, though, is because I'm actually recording a podcast right now, but I answered it, so you're on the podcast. I'm on the podcast? I'm live on a podcast? Yeah, you're on my show. Oh, my God! I feel so special. <laughs> I'm on the Patsy show? One of them. <laughs> I love Packy. Why? It's a choice. Oh dear. I don't know how well it's picking up on the speakerphone to the microphone. I have it kind of up to the microphone, so it'll be oh, interesting to see. That's, that's totally funny. Yeah. Well, it is funny because I was trying to get everything set up and I had the gain up too high on the microphone and there was feedback coming through my headphones. So if I got the headphones too close to the mic, it would make a squeal. So I was like, oh shit, is that happening with the phone too? No, <laughs> and I, that, that was that's my tire. That's just your brakes. Yeah. Which is I'm weird. My brakes, I mean. Yeah, I'm a student. That's cool. 
What are you taking? Tell everyone. Real what, what am I taking? Real estate. <laughs> I know what you're taking, but people listening probably be, don't. I'm gonna be a broker. That's you are good at breaking things, so. I am very good at breaking things, and I'm very good with the finance part of it. So. You're good with finances and everything. Yeah. Except yeah. keeping your own. You're a money spender. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I know, it is. It's pretty exciting. Oh, that's cool. This was your second class, right? Yeah. Right on. The first one was more like an introductory thing, but she's just, she, she just goes off on a tangent. That's cool. Yeah, she gives a lot of examples. Things, well, that thing of it is, though, is, 90% of what I'm doing in this class, I'm not going to teach. I'll never use. Right. You know, you just have to cram and learn it all for the testing. Mm-hmm. That's the whole purpose of classes. Yeah, and then I talked to Philip, and he's got six months. So you have to work. What I'm doing is what's called a pre-broker license. And you can hear your like, windshield wipers. I'm sorry. It's okay. What I'm doing is called a pre-broker's license, and you have to, um, that's like the rookie license. Yeah. And once you get that license, then what you do is you go to work for what's called a principal broker, which is like your mentor, and they are actually, they actually either work for a real estate firm, or they own their own real estate firm. Oh. Yeah, and they've been in the business for, they have to be in the business for over three years. No, oh, okay. So once, once I've worked for, for a principal broker for three years, then I can go take the principal broker license and basically own my own firm. Is that the plan? That. Um, we already have the firm. Oh, that's so true, yeah. Yeah, my brother, you know, Philip and I are going to do it together. And he's got, I talked to him today and I asked him about, is he qualified to be a principal broker? Because if not, then I have to go work for one for three years. And he said he's qualified he, and he's taken all the schooling and everything. He just has to go take the exam. Right. And once you do all the schooling and everything, you have a year to take the exam. Okay. Or, or you have to go do all the schooling again and start all over. All right. So he's got six months, he said, to go before his, his expiration is up. And then what he has to do is also go take an exam in TAF in Alabama. Why? Because Alabama, Oregon has what's called reciprocity, which, which means they, if you have a license in certain states, you can sell real estate in Oregon as if you have an Oregon license. Weird. And Alabama's and Al- that certain state. Alabama's one of the states. That's weird. <laughs> well, it's good for him since he's in Florida. Yeah, Alabama's just like right there. Yeah, so he's going to go do that. <clears throat> it's two states over, then, isn't it? Yeah, and then he'll be he'll be my principal broker that I'll work for basically for the three years. Or work with, with three years. Yeah. To get my three years in. Right. You know, and we've got our own real estate firm already set up. It's called Dreamcatcher Real Estate. Dreamcatcher. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. 
Well, Philip came up with it, so. I figure, you know, letting him have his glory is the only time he gets it. <laughs> yep, that's true. Yeah, so it's, so it's going to be kind of exciting. Cool. Well, that'll be fun. Um, yeah. When do I get paid for it? No, I don't want to do that. I just want the money. No, you gotta earn it. I've already earned it. No, you gotta earn that. Well, what else does your company because provide? Because like I don't want to do real estate. Oh, well, you have to do real estate. Why? I thought you guys were going to be like a multifaceted business or something. No, that's Calvert Financial. And this is like this under the umbrella of that, right? Exactly. So we should... And then the We could be independent and still fall under under the umbrella of the Kai's Realty. Yeah. Where Philip works. Yeah. And that gives us access to everything they've got. Like all the online stuff and all that stuff. So you're still so this Dreamcatcher's underneath Talbert Financial then. Right. So why don't we start an entertainment division? And I'll do that. We can do that. Well, there you go. Set it up. Well, you got to come up with the name, the catchy name, and the cut. you got to do a business plan. And we have to bring it before the board of directors to see if it's viable. Oh, Jesus, you are the board of directors. That's right. So it's viable. You guys will give me a thumbs up. Oh dear. Any kind. Music, podcasting, all of it. Will you sign Tom Petty under your label? If he wants to be on our label, that's kind of up to him. At this point, he's that big of a star. He can choose where he wants to go. I know, but wouldn't that be be Plus, isn't he under his own label? Probably. Yeah, he's not going to want to go under anyone else's. Pretty sure you're not. <laughs> Pretty sure I am. Just because you've gone to one of his concerts and a second one coming yeah, up. Two, you two. haven't gone to the second one yet. Is Joel still here? Is he? No. What a butthole. He's having a party. There's cars all over the freaking street. No, he's gone. Where does he go stay on Thursdays? He goes back to his dad's house. Oh, okay. Right, yeah. So he's staying there. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So. Well, that's cool. I know. Cool, cool. Should be, should be exciting. Yeah, it will be. But, yeah, it'll be a lot of work, but. It'll be worth it. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just, a, it still, it still mixes in a lot of stuff that I already know about and that I understand and kind of adds a little more to it. It's kind of like when I did benefits and got into the 
medical plans and things like that that I'd never done before. Yeah. The same kind of thing. So it's just kind of venturing out, you know, because Grandpa had a real estate company who was, who was where they bought parcels of land and things like that. So I understand a lot of the agreements and stuff. Right. That go with that. So, <clears throat> so that's, that's kind of exciting. All right. Yeah. Boring for you. No. For no, it's ex- you. it's exciting to think about starting an entertainment branch of the business. So you know, that's something yeah. fun. I know. So I mean, that that would be a lot of work for you. Yeah, but it'd be fun. Oh yeah, it would be. It would be fun. Well, yeah, because we could set up its own separate entity too. Yeah, I know. Let's do it. I'm not calling it Pac-Man. That's a registered name for one thing. Well, have you registered Packy? I don't think you can. You can register Packy. No, because I got it from a video game. Uh, you trademark it? No. Well, if you do, like, Packy Wamba. I don't like our last name. <laughs> No. Packbert. Packbert. Oh God, I sound like from from the Dilbert universe. <laughs> Where's my cubicle? Packbert. Jesus Christ. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure. Uh... Oh, oh God, God, what's what's his name that started Dilbert? What's what's the guy's name that drew it? I know, I did. My mind jumped to that too. I can't remember his name, but I'm pretty sure he'd sue me. <laughs> oh, probably. Uh, we'll come up with something. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Alrighty. Well, I'm going to let you go. Okay. Thanks for having me on the air. <laughs> oh, my God. It's. <laughs> you're welcome. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. You'll probably, you'll probably delete this one, I know. No, actually, I'll probably keep it. It's pretty fun. <laughs> It's good filler content, and I needed that. It's kind of ironic because I was just talking about how in past episodes I I wouldn't record them because I didn't know what to talk about. And then yeah. like I if I would always tell myself if I don't have content, then I'm not going to record. But yeah. how, how that actually relates to that um, perfectionism, not really perfectionism, but that perfect standard that I set for myself that I put too high that I can never achieve. That I learned in therapy the other night, and I'm just I'm discovering all the different facets that I've applied that to, and podcasting was one of them too. Yeah, there you go. So that's kind of funny, and then here you are helping me generate content. So, oh yeah, good timing. Yeah. Content from my father. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, give me a margarita, and I'll be on for hours. This is how low I've sunk. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry. oh god could be worse you could have your dad on the air oh my god that would be entertaining <laughs> that either would be really good or really bad i know it would not be anywhere in between no there would be no in between with it 
No. Yeah. All wrapped in one package. Yeah, I know. Oh, believe me, I know. What more could you want? I came out of that package. What more could you want? I don't know. Bullet and a gun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's not for you, it's for me, don't worry. All right, Mom. Well, I'm going to let you go. I love you to death. I love you, too. I'll talk to you later. All right, have a good night. You, too. Bye. Bye. And there you have it. That's my mother. (laughs) The beautiful, wonderful soul that she is. And the source of a lot of my problems. (laughs) No, just kidding. Well, kind of. But that's... Um, a thought for another show. Uh, yeah. Um, for those that don't know, the the Philip that she kept referring to is her brother. She did say her brother at one point, but that's my uncle that lives in Florida, whom we have gone to visit a few times in the past. Unfortunately, only before Grandpa died. <laughs> you know, after that, we haven't gone. Well, Mom's gone back. She's been there, I think, twice since, you know, when it happened, and then once since then. No, I guess twice since then, because she had to go back to do a business trip and then went again for another business trip. But they have um, a financial corporation together. Well, it was my grandpa's business and my mom worked for way back when, and she's always worked for now since then, since she was in, like, her 20s. And when grandpa died, her and my uncle took over you know, as, um, I don't think, I don't want to say like co-CEOs cause I don't think that's possible, but I think they're both in charge. <laughs> they're both the board of directors, as she said. And they've been working on that for the last couple of years and it, they're just trying to branch out and get a few more things done off of it. They want to set that up as like the head And just have things that branch off of it. And hey, maybe they'll want to start an entertainment division like we talked about. I mean, I was kind of half joking, but I was also a little bit serious because that would be pretty fun. You know, when when I was in the Recording Connections program, there was a section of my social media side of home. uh, There was a section of the social media side of my homework where I had to create a Facebook page and a Twitter account and all these things. And one of them was come up with a brand name. The one I came up with, I think it was Everstar Sound, which I got from taking Evergreen from the Evergreen State and Lone Star and Star from Lone Star from the Lone Star State, which is where Zach is from. Because I accredit a lot of where I am to Zach. Because without... Um, how can I say this? Let's see. Without Down the Bunny Hole, I never would have tried to record a song. You know, without Zach, I never would have had Down the Bunny Hole. <laughs> when we went on that, um, that project, oh, my back just popped in a really awesome way. We went on a, a little endeavor together where we challenged each other to write 
a song, write and record a song of similar subject, but the only thing we discussed beforehand was what that subject was and which aspect of the subject we wanted to take. So being that at that moment I was going through a breakup, I said, let's make our subject breaking up and I will put mine as the moving on and he will do his from the perspective of not being able to let go. It was very serendipitous at the time because I was moving on from, you know, my last relationship and it ended up working out beautifully being the content of said song. So I was able to actually funnel a lot of emotion and passion into the lyrics and the music of that song. And it turned out pretty cool. I still have yet to actually re-record it. But, you know, in all due time. But anyway, yeah, so I, I accredit a lot of where I am because of Down the Bunny Hole. Because we would never have done those songs. I never would have discovered my niche little passion for recording you know, for for editing, for mixing, for trying to get those sounds to mash up together nicely. Even with Down the Bunny Hole, even the little things is taking our two sides of the conversation and putting them together and getting it to sync up to sound like one conversation not recorded thousands of miles apart, you know, <laughs> or hundreds of miles. How the fuck far away is Texas from here? Let's see. I think I have an app for that. Zach Lequay is in Texas. Yes, I know. But it doesn't say how far away, huh? Oh, yes. 1,898 miles. Yep, so thousands of miles. Well, almost thousands. <laughs> Thousand and some change. Uh, Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, I never would have discovered my passion for that. And I never would have went on to pursuing that as a potential career. I never would have gone to school. I never would have looked into that almost abysmal opportunity in San Francisco that led to me finding the recording connections headquarters in L.A., I think it was, even though I looked for San Diego, but still. <laughs> and then I never would have thought to try Seattle. I never would have thought to move to Washington. All as a result of some podcast about Blink-182. <laughs> That's just crazy, you know, how things all work out. But they do. You know, because of that, I found my home. Portland was where I lived, but significantly so for the last for the last for the last last two years okay, I am having an issue with my microphone right now <laughs> um I don't know how much of that was actually picked up and what wasn't that was weird it was like a little power surge or something I think I will just mute the headphones again for now <laughs> um for the last I said, oh my God, God damn it. <laughs> For the last 
two years of my life in Portland before I moved, I just didn't feel like it was home. I, I just, I didn't want to be there. Something was always pulling me away. I think that's, I mean, aside from just being desperate and exceptionally horny, that's why I jumped at the chance to date this girl that lived in Tacoma because Washington, I had always visited for the last like seven years going to Comic-Con, going to Mariners games, going to Sonics game back when they had the Sonics up here. I always found a way to end up in Washington and I loved it when I was here. You know, my best friend Joel, his family lived up here for a time. And my phone just fell off the thing, scared the shit out of me. Um, yes, we would come visit his family. We'd stay up here. And I actually, oddly enough, we'd stay in Puyallup, <laughs> weirdly enough, which is where I live now. I wonder how far away his grandpa's old house is from here. I'll have to ask him. It'd be funny if it's just like right down the road or something. I, I want to say it's near the fairgrounds, more or less but I'm not entirely sure. But anyway, yeah, I I loved Washington. I loved visiting here. And every time I was here, every time, oh God, especially Seattle, every time I came around that ridge on I-5 where you just come around the mountainside and come up over the freeway and boom, you just see the skyline, the Seattle cityscape with the sound on one side, the space needle in the middle, the towering buildings, leading off into Bellevue and the surrounding cities. Just everything about that was, I just, I loved when that washed over me. I felt, <laughs> it's, it's so funny because looking back, it felt like home. I didn't know it at the time. I didn't know it till I moved up here. But that's home. That's what home feels like. <laughs> that inviting sense of come enjoy me. Come scour me. Come explore me. Come live with me. Is what that city says to me every time I see it. Even now. Even every morning. Even though I drive a little bit further... When I hit that peak on I-5 and I see the Space Needle off in the distance, I see the sound off to the west. I see the towering skyline, you know, all of it. All the, what, 60-something cranes we have in the city, you know. All of it. I, I still get that feeling, that sense of home of this is where I belong. I never felt that way in Portland. And like I said, and especially in the last couple of years that I lived there, something was always pulling me away. Something was always like, eh, this is nice, but this is not where we're supposed to be. Parts of it were great. Tualatin was nice. Tigard was cool. But it just... It was where I was at at the time, but it wasn't where I was supposed to end up. And now to be nestled beautifully 
<laughs> between the glorious downtown Seattle and the beautifully majestic Mount Rainier. Just sandwiched right in between them. Ah, I love this state. <laughs> yeah, I've, I never had pride in Oregon. I never felt like, you know, you know, woo, I'm so happy to be an Oregonian. I'm one of those guys. I'm so stoked to be a Portlandian, you know. That was never me. But my heart has always screamed Washingtonian, Seattleite, if you will. Even though I live in Puyallup, my heart is still in Seattle. I bleed emerald green, if you will. So, so because of that, because of the sense of of home that I get from this state, and because of the the way that down the bunny hole brought me here, Everstar sound just sounded awesome. <laughs> it sounded perfect. Truth be told, the first thing I tried was Evergreen sound, but apparently some dude in Canada already took that. So. Fuck. <laughs> but <clears throat> that's fine. Everstar sounds pretty cool. I like it. So yeah, that was my mom. <laughs> uh she's a she's a character. I uh I certainly wouldn't be who I am without her. Faults and all. <laughs> I love her to death. And it's funny, I told her about what happened in therapy. I told her about what we've discovered. And how my childhood was filled with me never doing good enough. Me never, you know, want doing what I wanted to do. Doing what others wanted me to do because it made them happy. Because in my twisted perception, if I do what they want, if I push myself further than I need to, then they'll love me just a little bit more. I'm not saying that they didn't love me. I'm not saying that they even like denied me love when I didn't do well. It's just this standard was set so high that I felt like if I didn't achieve it, then I wasn't getting the maximum amount of adoration and attention that I could get. But even when I was doing the bare minimum, when I was coasting by with B's and C's and an occasional F, they still loved me. Don't get me wrong. But there was definite praise for doing better. <laughs> you know, which makes sense. I mean, if you're sitting there getting a 70% the whole time and then the one time you get a 90%, everybody's going to go, holy shit, you just did awesome. And you're going to get that. And that's and I thrived for that. Thrived for that? I thrived upon that. <laughs> I, I lived for it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let me take a drink real quick. That was, that was all I wanted. But but at the same time, what's what's really weird 
is I wasn't constantly pushing myself. I think because I knew how ridiculous it was to try and achieve that, I didn't want to try. Like, I know for a fact if I would have gotten straight A's, my parents would have been completely proud of me. I know they're proud of me regardless, but there's a certain level that they would have been that would be a lot higher than where I was, you know, if that makes any sense. But at the time, I knew that wasn't attainable. I knew it wasn't even realistic for me. It's it's a really weird juxtaposition to have such a high standard set for yourself, but such a low standard of an opinion of yourself. <laughs> you know? Like, it, it, I knew where I needed to be to get the level of love that I thought I needed. But I also, at the time, was convinced that I was not good enough to get there. Like I'm always setting myself up for failure and always being hard on myself for it. And what we discovered is that that comes from <laughs> that comes from other people setting the standard for me during my formative years that I need to always do what everyone else wants me to do for me to be happy. I need to put their needs before mine. I need to push myself to be better at everything. Like like I would come home from school and I'd miss three points on a test. You know, my mom would say, well, why did you miss those three points? <laughs> you know? <clears throat> she always told me, if you just push yourself a little bit more, you can get those three points. Never mind the fact that that was out of 100, and that's still a 97%. That's still an A. <laughs> you know? It's just, it's really weird how, how much a, a mindset like that in, in something as, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Something as, <clears throat> I don't, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but it's it's something like school, you know? Something that really, in the grand scheme of things, doesn't fucking matter. I mean, yes, your education is important. Don't get me wrong. Unfortunately, you do need to prove yourself in this, you know, government place, scholastic system to achieve any kind of a decent life. You know, you need to have decent grades to get into a decent college <laughs> decent college to get a decent degree to get into a decent job unfortunately that's the way that it mostly works it's not about the skills you have it's about the fucking paper hanging on your wall <laughs> you know 
you know, and I'm not speaking from experience because, I mean, with my job, I'm I'm not qualified. Well, I shouldn't say I'm not qualified. I wasn't qualified to begin with for this job. I'm I'm a really fast learner, and I pick up on things like that. I. That's just a gift, I guess you could say. I don't know. I've I've always just been able to when I put my mind to something, figure out and a very efficient system for making it work. And there were people left and right that had degrees, qualifications, previous experience applying for this job, overqualified people that thought it was something more than it is. But nevertheless, They were there, and they turned it all down for me. And all I did was show a little drive and motivation and loyalty and tenacity. And, you know, not to mention the fact I was very punctual about when I would get there. (laughs) That was a big part of it. And... That was enough to make me shine. And I know I got extremely lucky. I That is not lost on me. I think that's why I've always pushed myself so hard at this job. Because it fell in my lap. I was working for it. But it essentially fell in my lap. The whole thing. The whole shebang of moving up here, really. Moving to Washington, having a job the next day that turned into where I am now, basically. Handed to me. But it's because I wanted it. Because I set my sights on it and I didn't let anything else get in the way. And I got extremely lucky because it really isn't that easy sometimes. (laughs) You can want something to death, but thousands of other things can influence your decision, can alter your trajectory. But thankfully, I just, I didn't have a lot weighing me down at the time. I still don't. I've just gotten a little comfortable. But... Yeah, it it sucks, you know, going back to my point, it sucks that school is that important. What what I think sucks about it is that they focus so much on things that don't pertain to what you need to learn. You know, I don't get me wrong, history is a great thing. People should be aware of where they came from. But knowing who led such and such battle during whatever war is not going to help you file your taxes. <laughs> you know, learning how to use a quadratic formula is not going to teach you how to change a tire. 
The, there's just I, granted. Okay, there are automat classes. Okay, yeah, but still, not every school has that. What I'm saying is they need to gear teaching more towards things that are practical skills that people need to get through life. A budgeting and finance class would be maybe that is there today. You know, I'm speaking from experience that is from almost 12 years ago. Is 12 longer. 13 years ago was when I graduated high school. Maybe it is different now. I don't know. But they're blitzkrieging these kids with so much so much information and so many courses. A lot of them are coming home crashing because they're having to stay up so late to work on their homework and they're getting bombarded with this information during the day and then they come home do more homework stay up too late and it's just a vicious cycle that's it just doesn't seem right but I don't know the first thing about what could possibly be done to change that I'm fairly certain the regime in place is not going to help that at all but do they ever <laughs> I don't know that's that's an argument that I don't want to get into with myself <laughs> partially because I'm really ill-informed and I don't want to say more than I shouldn't I mean a lot of it's just based off personal feelings and motivated as such but my mustache feels funny on the pop filter <laughs> uh, and that's what happens when you get an education like me you get distracted by facial hair touching a microphone you end up podcasting in a basement in your 30s oh I'm 31 by the way ooh that was a big spike in the Wavelength. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I'm 31. Zach's 31 now, too. Happy birthday to us. I completely forgot to mention that in the last episode I recorded that um, my birthday was coming up. <laughs> totally forgot. Uh, it was fun. Went and saw a band. Did I talk about that? No. I don't know if I did. No. Went and saw a band and then um, a Jimi Hendrix cover band. Also, <laughs> that was cool. The opening band was um, uh, a local group called uh, Big Wheel Stunt Show. And the bass player is a co-worker slash friend of my girlfriend's stepdad. So that's how we got in to the show. Well, not how we got in. That's how we got word of it. And they graciously paid for our tickets to get in as a birthday present. So that was cool. <clears throat> also, his birthday is two days after mine, so it's kind of a mashup thing. That was cool. It was fun. It was a good time. Yeah. <laughs> um. And then my for breakfast that day, my housemates took me across the street to a restaurant that's here in town and bought me breakfast and I got a birthday shot too. That was cool. They're like, Oh, it's his birthday. And like, you want a birthday shot? The waitress said to me and I'm like, 
At 11 in the morning? Fuck yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, that was good. I um <clears throat> trailed off a bit from... The hell was I talking about? Oh, so my mood this week. Yeah. <laughs> Coasted nicely. You know, it, I didn't hit that high. I didn't crash down to the low. It's just... Like I had said, the, the session this week was a big, heavy hitter in what I discovered about myself and learning about how I'm applying that to all these different avenues to work, to podcasting, to fun, to family, to relationships, you know, to my girlfriend, to my friends, everything. It's it's all unraveling right now. <laughs> and it's crazy how much just like one spot of conditioning just branched off. It's like it's like you're looking at like a what's that a plot chart or something like that where it's like you have this central point in the middle and all these things that spider web off of it. Yeah. Like a crime scene or something. I say crime scene. I'm thinking of Dexter, you know, when he had the pins with the strings for the blood spatter and all that anyway I'm getting tired <laughs> it's almost been an hour of doing this um, but yeah um, after discovering all this about myself it's it's not that I'm even crashing down from that but I've just been coasting I've been it, it's kind of like you know once you realize that something is the way it is, then you know how to combat it. And not even really combat it, but you you know to accept it. You know, it's like you have something that's nagging at you for so long. <laughs> you know, it's like you feel something on your foot and you can't figure out what the fuck it is and then you finally figure it out and it's just your sock. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> that's just where my sock goes. And then it just fits. I don't know if that was a good analogy or not. Metaphor? God, what's the difference? <laughs> you think I'd know by now. Comparison, if you will. It's just, once you discover something like that, you just kind of learn to embrace it. You know, that That's one thing I've always tried to do, you know, with discovering different things about myself. I've never been one to like say, well, that's wrong. I got to fix that. I got to make that go away. I got to change it. You know, it's, I embrace it because it's who I am. It's part of me. It's something I can lessen. <laughs> I can take the intensity level of it and drop it like it's a fucking hammer. But I don't want to get rid of it because it's made me who I am. I just want to diminish it and then. So. It's like you have a room full of shit. If you take that shit and diminish it, that leaves room for other stuff to take up that space. And it's like if you have clothes all over your floor, you don't have anywhere to walk. But if you move those clothes into a smaller pile, then you have more space to do activities. <laughs> yeah. 
And in diminishing that that part of who I am that allows for the better parts to flourish. It gives them room to grow. Right? I mean, it makes perfect sense. So, in my head, <laughs> I've figured this out and I've compartmentalized it into this one cabinet because it was, it was leaking. You know, it's like, it's like, imagine I had this file cabinet. This one drawer had papers that were just scattered throughout all sorts of other cabinets, you know? There, there were all these papers that are supposed to go into this one file folder in this one cabinet, but they were just scattered into different folders into different cabinets, and it was a mess. But I've since taken a lot of those papers and stuffed them back into the folder in which they're supposed to reside, which allows for more space for the other folders and cabinets to fill up with the good stuff. And that's how compartmentalization works. <laughs> Giving things its due space so that other things can have their due space. In its most simplistic form, there's compartmentalization. At least how it works in my brain. Anyway. <sighs> I think that about wraps it up. I'm gonna I'm gonna sign this bitch off now. Um 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 like whoa. <laughs> Thank you for listening this far. I hope you enjoyed this one. This was a bit of a an offhanded episode, if you will. You know, it was definitely out of the norm taking a phone call and all the different intricate little tunnels I traveled down this episode, but um, I hope you enjoyed it. And thanks for listening. Have a good day. <laughs> there used to be this, uh, this uh, what do you call him, a, a radio host of sorts. His name was Paul Harvey. He used to talk about, what did he used to do? God, I used to listen to him like every morning. It was just a short segment, but he used to have like jokes and news and stuff like that. But it was just a small segment on this one morning show in Portland. I don't know how far his word actually traveled, but the way he used to sign off everything, he's like, this is Paul Harvey. Good day? <laughs> like it was a question mark. <laughs> uh, that always made me laugh. I've been a uh, I've been watching a lot of Frasier lately. We got unlimited data on our cell phone plan, so naturally in the car, plug the headphones in, or the auxiliary cable rather, into the dongle and into the iPhone Seven because does not have a headphone jack, and I'm not smart enough to drill a hole in it. Uh, yeah. So I put on Netflix now that we have unlimited data, and I just listen to Frasier on the way home. I was actually listening to Talk Salad and Scrambled Eggs, the podcast with Kevin Smith and Matt Myra, talking about Frasier, and it all it made me want to do was watch Frasier. And then when I found out we had limited data, I'm like, well, now I don't need this podcast. <laughs> so, 
now I can actually listen to it myself and watch it when there's, you know, gridlock traffic, which is a lot. So, you know, I get through about three to four episodes in a drive. That's how shitty my drive is. <laughs> but hey, it makes it pass. And there's like 11 seasons of that show, so I'm set for a while. But I've been debating as I've been talking, ending this this particular episode like Frazier does on his radio talk show and saying... He, you know, he says, this is Dr. Fraser Crane wishing you good mental health. I actually really like that. I think that's a cool phrase. I don't, I'm not going to make it like my regular outro, but as an homage to the show that has been part of my life since what, the early 90s, I think it was on. I've always been such a good fan, such a good fan, <laughs> such a big fan of Frasier. What do you know, too? It takes fucking place in Seattle. I mean, if that's just not an early indication, I don't know what is. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So, for the Blood Pods Network, this has been Delayed Effect, and I'm Packy, wishing you good mental health. <laughs>